All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. He's standing in front of the net with about eight inches of his shaft in his hand. This is my job. Facebook is my personal life. And there is no penalty. Uh, I'm not even going to answer. The penis whistle was not moving. He had to get it loose, and they, they figured it out. Now it works, and he's going to go back at it. Yeah. A lot <laughs> of us have had that trouble before. <laughs> we've had a lot of malfunctions, but <laughs> I don't know if we've seen that one. Welcome to episode two of the Department of Discipline. It is Jay Rosehill from his, uh, what, countryside estate in Olds, Alberta? Doesn't look like that right now. It's covered in snow, my guy. I'm not very happy about the season, but it is what it is. Yeah, that's fair. My name is Ryan Pinter. I'm in Calgary. The two Albertans, uh, we're talking fighting, we're talking suspensions, we're talking hits, and we have a busy, busy week. Since episode one, Jay, and if people are listening, the snow has arrived in Alberta. The Rangers in their fancy pants had to play Calgary on Tuesday night and were greeted by a foot of snow. So were the Flames at the return of their five-game roadie. It's not about the Flames, it's not about the Rangers, but this is why hockey is popular in Canada. A little reminder that winter lasts a good six to seven months in this country, and you could flood a rink in Olds this week if you wanted to, Jay. You just got to get rid of that snow first. Yeah, in case you didn't remember, there's not a whole hell of a lot to do when there's a foot of snow on the ground, and I think that's why this sport of ours is basically our national pastime. No kidding. Uh, Welcome wherever you're taking it in. Hope you enjoyed episode one. Again, it's the Department of Discipline off the HockeyFights.com platform. You can find us anywhere. You get your podcasts and or on YouTube and anything you can do to help us, uh, that'd be great. So if you want to give it a like, five stars, subscribe, all that great stuff, we encourage you to do so. We'll start the show today with, uh, I guess, maybe one of the more talked about events of the last week with uh, very few moments remaining in a game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Calgary Flames defenseman Rasmus Anderson put his shoulder into the face of 
was going to be a superstar, Patrick Line, who is out and on IR for the Columbus Blue Jackets. A suspension quickly followed. As the Line is still down. Time winds down. Horn sounds. Good Branson reacts after that hit. Goes after his former teammate. And awards now with Kadri. And Jay, we talked, uh, I think, a day after this happened. There's a few things you don't like here. And catches Line with his head down, and Anderson comes straight across. The first Suspy of the year. I mean, I was not surprised. I knew it was going to be a suspension when I saw it. People were bitching right away, saying this isn't a suspension. I'm like, have you been watching hockey for the last 12 or 15 years? I have received myself to understand that I'm always going to be shocked by how much guys get Four games for this hit I did not like and knew that it would be suspendable based on there's no time left in a game. He's just running their star. Literally one second left. Game's over. Flames are losing. Rasmus is frustrated. He leaves his feet. I understand when you make contact with a guy, sometimes you come up off the ice. He's left his feet before contact made and then his kind of call it his elbow, whatever, is just right at the guy's head. So 100% I knew that was going to be a suspension. I didn't even think four is that bad. I thought they were going to give him six. Doesn't mean I agree with it. I think when a guy like Line A puts himself in that position, like, what are you doing? Do, 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 looking to pull right to the middle, looking for his empty net or looking for his cookies, thinks no one's going to hit me. Boink. If he didn't put himself in that position, it'd be a non-issue, just like almost every other hitting suspension that we see these days. If the person being hit didn't put themselves in that position, it's just a never happening thing. And now... Guys do it all the time. It's always a debate, always a controversy on whether that was clean or not. And every time I'm looking at the guy that gets hit and saying, what are you doing in that position in the first place? Yeah, let's rephrase this. So Patrick Laine, I'm going to get you to pick column A or column B. Column A is an empty net goal and a concussion. And column B is no empty net goal, no concussion. Pick one, sir. Right? I mean, if you're playing 20 years ago, you know, I'm on the trolley tracks here. I got to get rid of this. Not like, ooh, maybe he won't hit me and I can line up this 130-footer. I guess these stars say I want my cake and I want to eat it too. (laughs) I want my empty netter and I don't want to be eligible to be hit at all. No, I do agree with you on the other side. This is principal point of contact the head. Rasmus leaves his feet and it's late. The outcome's already determined. We're talking literally the last ticks of the clock in a game that's over. That's a bad decision from Rasmus Anderson and knowing the league that you're playing in and understanding your surroundings. Hey, it's 2023, not 1994. I'm not Scott Stevens playing for the Devils. I'm Rasmus Anderson playing for the Flames. This is going to get me in trouble. Bad decision. Yeah, it is. And I think it's frustration coming out. The Flames season has not started the way they wanted to. Frustrations are at a high. And when that's what the team's atmosphere is for days or weeks on end, it starts to come out on the ice with bad decisions. If that was the opening shift of the game, I think it looks a little bit different. You're probably going to get kicked out and get a couple of games. But the fact that it was just pure, I'm pissed off, I'm going to go potentially hurt this quote-unquote star player, that's a bad look that I'm sure George Peros took into effect as well. And uh, I thought it would be suspendable. I'm The amount of times I feel like it's not suspendable and other people are like, eh, it's a pretty bad hit. I was surprised how many people came to me and said, how do you suspend a guy for this? I'm like, well, here's three off the top that makes sense to me. No, and it's true. Like, so, so again, if this is Scott Stevens era hockey, that's not suspendable at all. Keep your damn head up, idiot. But it isn't. So we, we've got to acknowledge that we are on the planet at the time that we are. We, we don't time machines, Jay. You and I can't go back to... 
a thousand years ago and go watch the pyramids get built. We're here today. We, we have what we have today. And the, today, that's a suspendable hit. Look, there's a Department of Player Safety. George Peros runs it. They said four games. Rasmus appeals. Now, here's the interesting thing. If it's six games or more, the appeal will go to an independent arbitrator. Where appeals should go. You know, someone that's not invested with either party here. Let's come down with, with an independent decision. But because it was collectively bargained this way between owners and players, Gary Bettman hears the appeal. Who hired George Peros to run the Department of Player Safety? Gary Bettman. It's such a formality. And so is he really going to go out of his way to embarrass someone that he hired and put in that spot? And embarrass might be strong, but he hired George to do this job. He's invested in George doing a good job. And I think he's very unlikely to dramatically change anything George is going to do here, or he probably wouldn't have hired him in the first place. Breaking news, Jay, as you suspected, and as our uh, gut had told us, or maybe just the hierarchy of power in the NHL, Gary Bettman has upheld the four-game suspension, handed down by the Department of Player Safety and George Peros. So Rasmus Anderson, who has served one of those four games, will miss the remaining three, including the Outdoor Classic. So, uh, yes, spoiler alert, uh, recorded on Tuesday, and uh, the news just broke. We're right. I guess Gary doesn't want to show up, George Peros, Jay. The Gary Batman, it's such a formality in my mind. Like like you say, you're going to the guy that hired the guy. Is Gary, it's a bad look when you go against a guy whose job it is to be the Department of Player Safety. And he comes down and looks at it thoroughly, explains his reasoning, and sends out the suspension. And then his boss comes right back and goes, let me take a look at it. No, nah, no, I disagree. It's like, well, then why does he even have a job if the big boss man's going to come down and decide at the end of the day? I can't imagine Gary's going to change a damn thing. Yeah. Before they handed out the suspension, if you think the outdoor classic is even relevant to the timeline, you should have looked at it and said, well, can we get away with giving him three here? That puts him in at the outdoor classic. I get why it's important to Rasmus, but you're right. Like the league shouldn't care. It's not like it is McDavid getting suspended where that has financial ramifications of of that outdoor classic and whatnot. So I don't see it changing. I think it's going to stick to four. April of 22, 16 months ago, the last time we saw a suspension this long. Really? That is kind of crazy. Last season, we didn't see more than a four-gamer. And it's not like it's gone away, but you don't know what's a, a clean hit anymore. And I would, the last guy I'd ever want to be is in Peros's chair where the lawyers are involved, the league's pulling their hair out. They're trying to protect guys' heads. It's still hit hockey. Guys continue to put themselves in chicken shit positions. And you're trying to decide what's the, there's not even a clear line. I think it's starting to become a little bit clear on what's allowed or what's not, especially with a full on body check from the front where I think they're going to have to do some finagling here in the future as these D-men's turning their back and getting hit. And so far, it hasn't been a problem because, to be honest with you, one of the players comes in and handles it, and there's a scrap after a bad hit like that. There doesn't seem to be any need for them to go to the league to look for disciplinary action. So, like you say, there hasn't been a big suspension in quite some time. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a good thing to me. They're letting the guys play a little bit more hockey and police it themselves, dare I say? Yeah, or it's like the message is getting through, or it's like, okay, this guy is vulnerable. Or it's, you know, what we're not seeing, which you'd hope to see, is that guys don't put themselves in those spots. But I think there's a greater understanding of like, okay, here's why this is going to get me suspended, whether you agree with it or not. Uh, speaking of physicality, you mentioned the lack of suspensions. No lack of fights! No. 23 fights since we recorded episode one of the Department of Discipline. 23 in the NHL alone, not like in the world. You said it last week. You your gut. You said, you know what, Pinder? Tides are turning. I have a feeling there's a change in the air you could feel. And it's like, you know, it's 
Small sample, Jay. You don't want to overreact. Screw your small sample. Fighting's back, baby. It's a bunch. It's a vibe. I could feel it. I could feel it in the air. It seems like there's more of that going on. It seems like more guys are stepping up. The Kane and Dylan fight, they chuck their helmets off like they've done this a million times before. Like, that's kind of old school. I haven't seen that in a while. It is. Like, two guys know what they're doing and chomping at the bit to go. So we'll get to that one. I want to start the week with Trent Frederick and Andreas Engeland. This is courtesy this of Nesson and our boy Jack Edwards is on the call, which is always sensational. He coined this the headless horseman. Andreas Engeland against Trent Frederick. And so Frederick, real good bottom six player, fourth liner for the Bruins. Gives him a bit of moxie in England's for the Kings at home. Let's give you some points for showing up. And yeah. close game, one goal game, second period. Here we go. They're both leaking. Like it's spirited. They're both throwing hard, hard in. Hats off. Woo-hoo. Hats off to the camera, boys, man. Watch the replay. If you get a chance to check this out, there's a slow-mo and there's two bombs landed by Frederick. And you can see his eyebrow split open right as it lands. And then not long after that, Jersey comes over his head, hence the headless horseman. And it was uh, a pretty convincing win, I'd say, for Frederick. But I just love the way both the boys are chucking them. Colton Orr, when I played with him, he had a custom jersey with, a, you know, the tie-downs in the back that have been around forever yep, to prevent yep. getting jerseyed. He had a tie-down on the front as well. Okay, so walk me through that. When you say grabbing the front of the jersey, not like around a shoulder pad. So talk to me about the difference of that. Yeah, so, I mean, if you're going to get tighter on the guy's arm, you're reaching over the far side of him, and you're going to be holding onto his shoulder to prevent him from reaching your head. But oftentimes it doesn't work that way. They're protecting that. It's the furthest thing away from you. You go for a grab, you grab right on that NHL logo, right on top of their shoulder pads, and you can pull that up. And it pops over his head like it did with Frederick here. And that's why the linesman jumped in so fast because a guy can't see anything. It is dangerous. You got to get in there when the guy's got a jersey over his head. But Colt Knorr wouldn't allow that to happen by getting a tie down in the front of his jersey as well. So it would hold onto his pants and it wouldn't pull up. And I think I was just too scared to ask the trainers for something that fancy. But I thought to myself, man, that's smart. <laughs> but uh, it would prevent that from happening right there. You can tell when guys are kind of being timid and passive. I can't stand when guys hold on with both hands. Like his left hand is holding onto your right hand. And for some reason, you're clutching onto him. You're supposed to be throwing with that. That's why he's that's why he's holding on to it, to prevent you from throwing. And when guys are, there's four hands holding on, you're not really fighting. These boys are just chucking them. I love it when that whole attitude is just to throw bombs and see what you can land. And those guys are doing it in spades. Okay. So thank you to Nesson. Jack Edwards on the call as a play-by-play guy. Love Jack Edwards. Not because he's unbiased and down the middle. Cause he ain't, that's not what he's supposed to be. It's Boston. It's a sports town. If you like hockey, you live in Boston, you love the Bruins and you want to hear it called with the Bruins twist. Jack is incredibly thorough and uh, I love the energy he comes to the game with. And yeah, he probably enjoys those Bruin wins a lot more than, Maybe a independent national broadcaster, but I, I love Jack. I don't know how much you get it. I used to be a play-by-play guy. That was what I did for, let's see, probably 2000 and well, university, geez, early 2000s, all the way through to about 2013. I called hockey Ooh. games for a living. And, and a guy like Jack, to me, you're an entertainer. You also owe it to inform your audience and you don't want to lie to them about what's actually happening where you're too much of a homer, quote unquote. But if it's a local broadcast, I love the way Jack does it. He tells you about the game the way a Bruins fan would want to hear it and doesn't hurt. They've been real good for the last decade. I'm a big fan of you. I don't know how much you get into the, the, that sort of side of things. You were the player. I was the broadcaster. 
Well, Jack called me a career hatchet man not too long ago, and the wounds are still fresh. So can't say I'm on. Right in the scar tissue. <laughs> fought Lucic, and he goes, a 30-goal scorer against a career hatchet man. And I was dying laughing first time I heard that. My problem with him, though, is I, I'm all about being the hometown guy, especially when you're on the local broadcast. Everyone watching is cheering for the Bruins. I get it. Yeah. But if you're watching a fight that Jack's breaking down. Yeah, it's I not going to be unbiased. The Bruins player could just be getting pummeled in yes. the face and he's like jostling for position. The guy like gets loose, throws one that just wings over his head and he goes, and a bomb thrown by so. It's just like, my God, you have to watch it on mute. I can't sit here and listen to you stroke with a double-wristed Jack Edwards without Jeez. coming down on him a little bit. That That's fair. That's fair. And again, it's it's the way a Bruins fan wants to see it. It absolutely is not the way a Flyers or Leafs fan, whoever you were suited up with at the time, would want to hear a game called. But that's his audience. Know your audience. Right? Hey, people know who he is, right? And he's had a job for a long time. So good on him. Okay, so that was Frederick and Angle, a little appetizer on the week. I want to get something that made a lot of commentary on Hockey Night Canada, which I, I'm not expecting everyone watches Hockey Night Canada. I know we got a huge uh, follower base on hockey fights in the States, but it is still one of those things where it's like it's a flagship program showcasing the sport and it happened to be Jets and the Edmonton Oilers off to a miserable start and not only did Connor McDavid get injured on that Saturday night contest and Connor Hellebuck erased a two-goal deficit by holding the fort while his boys got back in and they won but we got a pretty good heavyweight tilt between couple of bigger boys in the NHL and guys that we always knew were tough but don't have to throw. It's not what they do for a living. Evander Kane, the power forward on his fourth team, and Brennan Dillon. They were teammates in San Jose with the Sharks. These two went at it in the second period. And now Appleton comes here. Offside, Kane and Dillon. Dillon Kane taking the helmets off. Here's some heavyweights. The crowd on their feet here at Rogers Place. They chuck their buckets off like I was mentioning. They know what they're doing. You can't do that anymore. I mean, the visor rules in play. Every one of these guys at this age has got to wear a visor. They both go down. They're not interested in punching each other's hands up and, you know, all that type of thing. So they chuck their buckets off, gives them an extra two. I think he used to get suspended for that in certain leagues. It just shows they know what they're doing and they're ready and willing and it was tough because both, like, Evander's tough, man. He's got that boxing background, but mm-hmm. they both lose their balance at different times. Evander loses his first, regains it, then Dylan goes down and regains it. And it, it seemed like a fight that could have got off to, you know, a lot more fireworks, but for whatever reason, it's a tough thing to do. But I like the way they're both going after it and willing. Like you said, you don't have to do that. These guys do not have to do it. I love it and have extra respect for a guy who never has to fight. No one will question it. But he comes up anyways and says, no, nah, I'm doing this tonight. Yeah. And again, it's if you're a guy whose job is based on fighting, you got to go do your job. But if, if you're a guy that scored 30, you're a 22-minute-a-night defenseman, and you're choosing to fight, that means you believe this is something you can do to help your team win the game, whether that's settle down some nonsense on the ice or help swing momentum or just get a crowd involved if you're the guy on the home side. Also, on top of that, Evander Kane's comments at the intermission were that he didn't play that much in the first, so what the hell, he may as well try to do something and an extra two for tossing his bucket. Who cares? I guess, before we get too far ahead, layman's terms, explain it to me like I'm dumb. Why a helmet toss is a thing to do and and why it made sense for these two guys versus most of the time we don't see it. Yeah, so what what was it like around that 2013-14 mark? They're making anyone that comes into the NHL wear a visor. Now, when you're fighting a guy with a visor, you can tuck your chin 
and you're pretty well protected. And as you're punching, you're cutting the living hell out of your hands. It's not good. So traditionally, especially in the American League, when they took the visor rule into effect and everyone had a visor on, guys fight like crazy down there. They'd unclip their chin straps and chuck them. So that doesn't happen. Now, the league's not too happy about that because you're obviously in a bare knuckle fight on skates, on ice. Guys fall on top of each other, fall down. Guys get knocked out during fights. Go back and clank that head against the ice. That's concussion city. So in the American League, you got kicked out of the, the game for taking your helmet off. These guys chose to chuck it off. It's only a two-minute extra penalty for both of them. You're not hurting your team. So it's kind of a personal choice to me saying, and usually you kind of look at the guy and kind of do this one and yeah, yeah, and you nod and take your buckets off. But uh, like I said, the league doesn't like it too much. Usually it's an issue if one guy doesn't have a visor on, he's grandfathered in from before that time I'd mentioned. The other guy does have one on. It's kind of an advantage, disadvantage. Oftentimes they'll uh, chuck their buckets off for that reason too. Again, I like how it's just a two-minute minor. It doesn't have to be more than that. Let these guys, again, decide for themselves what they want to do out there. Yeah, it's a sign of respect for your opponent in a sense, right? Like, yeah. oh, I, I don't want to have to punch your helmet, but you don't want to do mine either. Let's just do this. And to Kane's point at the intermission, he's like, I wasn't playing a ton. Uh, he's off to a rough start here. Not the only Oiler to have a rough start thus far. And it's like, yeah, well, if, if you're not going to play me, I'm going to try to swing the momentum. And what's an extra two minutes? I was probably going to rot on the bench anyway. I love that. That's fine with me, man. Step up and do something. There's nothing but frustration going on in oil country. Everyone's pissed off. My issue is what Evander Kane are you gaining by saying that to the national television <laughs> audience? Yeah. I'm not playing enough to, and there's enough turmoil going on in that organization. You say that everyone's talking about it. it's clipped a million times on Twitter and Instagram and everything else like that. Like, can you not stay out of your own way from causing drama and, and negative attention towards yourself? What are you going to do the next time you're at the coffee machine in the morning and you come across your coach and you didn't say it to him? Yeah. You didn't go into his office. You said it on a microphone to the media. It's just a bad way to go about it. And such an Evander Kane thing to do, in my opinion, that only brings more negativity, which that organization does not need right now. Yeah. And so just to give a little more context, that was the Edmonton Oilers fifth game of the year. They were one in three coming in. They lose an extra time. It's five games with just a single win in regulation, one win total. And yeah, it's frustrating. The goaltending has been an issue. Defensive zone, they made a switch on responsibilities for defensemen, handing off players to centermen, et cetera. Like they're going to this box plus one or whatever they're calling it. More of a Vegas style defending. It hasn't been a great start. And this is a lot of people's pick to win the Stanley Cup. So there's frustration there. And then secondly, to give Vander Kane credit, he's not done a lot of Evander Kane things since arriving in Edmonton. It's been best behavior, Evander Kane, but it's also probably easy to be your best self when you're winning, the team's good, you're playing deep into the playoffs. This isn't a struggling Sabres team you're on or a Sharks team that was he saw both winning and not winning a lot in his time in San Jose. This is the first little crack we've seen from Evander since arriving in Edmonton where he has been a pretty good citizen, but I don't disagree. This is the type of thing we would see from Evander Kane in his first three stops in the league where he didn't take a direct blow at uh, Jay Woodcroft, but it certainly wasn't uh, It wasn't off the mark where someone really had to do some digging to figure out the point he was trying to make. Say, look, I wasn't playing much in the first. Well, he didn't say the coach isn't playing me. He didn't say you got, they got to play me more. He didn't say I'm mad at the coach. He was matter-of-factly saying, yeah, I, did, I didn't play a bunch in the first. And I think he could have been smarter about it, Jay, 100%. But it's not as overt. The coach is an idiot. He, he definitely wants to play more. Whether he feels he deserves more, I'm not sure about that. He wants to play more. He said it like you said. It wasn't a, a giant F you into the camera, but he said it with a little, uh, 
just just to let you know, this is I'm not you know, and it's an Evander Kane thing to do. You you think Jonathan Taves would have ever done that? Do you think no? You think Jonathan Tavares would ever do something like that? Of course not. No. It's an Evander Kane thing to do. It is taking a shot at your head coach. It wasn't a huge double finger, middle fingers up in the camera, but it's pretty easy to read between the lines. Yes. He said it with a little bit of twang to it. It's such a thing for him to do. And and again, he's been run out of three locker rooms already in the NHL. He's got the history. And I don't like to be attack people personally or whatever, but what are you gaining from that, Evander? Yeah. No one's playing good. It's a negative atmosphere already, and you throw that at the media just to add another layer into it instead of instead of grabbing the coach at the end of a practice and saying, hey, man, things aren't going good. I want to help. Like, what can I do? I, I want to play more. I don't feel like I'm getting my legs under me. I can't find any rhythm. Like, I understand it's a merit-based thing, but, like, what do you see out of me? What, when I'm at my best, what do you see me doing that I can try to replicate coming up this next game? That kind of, The coach is just salivating for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. yes, this guy wants it. Hey, let's break down some video right afterwards, and I know, fuck, I'm, you know, with the penalty kills and this and that, when things get jumbled up, I got, I'm going to get you out more, and don't worry now that McDavid's down. You know, you're going to be playing more, and it's a positive interaction instead of, yep. yeah, I'm not playing none, so that's why I went and did that, CBC. Thanks for giving me the camera. Like, you're just not doing yourself any favors, man. And maybe I, agree. I look back to that picture of him with a fat stack of cash against his <laughs> ear. Like, hard to come back from that for me, man. Like, all-time douchebag move, living the dream, and everyone looks up to him, and he's got the fat stack of cash against his ear. Total dickhead move, and I think it's hard for me to get over that, so I'm a little bit ornery on Evander Kane right now. There's also an update on uh, being all the money. That changed, too. Uh, but I, I do you at least give him credit for the, what, two-plus years of good behavior in Edmonton, or is it like, look, it's his, his last chance in the league. Of course he's going to be well-behaved. When they signed him, I said, even if he does deal with semantics, I said he's it's going to be at least a year of him being solid. I said he's a wicked hockey player, and he's tough as hell. I mean, everything about him except for his character is good, and you're getting him so cheap. The Oilers need him. I was on board yeah. with them grabbing him. I did think after about a year, he's going to go back to his Evander Kane ways, and to his credit, he lasted a little bit longer than that. Averaging around 17 half minutes a game this year and a season-low 14.04 against Winnipeg. So, And again, you're in the box for seven minutes there. It's not a dramatic situation. And to your point, the best way to address that is to chat with the coach. I would think so. Uh, not to do it at the intermission but i'm surprised if you had asked me someone that lives in the city that roots against edmonton uh how it was going to go with kane you'd be like oh this is perfect like he's going to blow up that locker room just like the, the prior three san jose said thanks no thanks we don't want him back literally after the crossing the border with an illegal or a, a, a fabricated vaccination thing we're good without him don't bring him back in doug wilson no no kane that forced them getting out of that contract. It had to be settled that he signs in Edmonton, not necessarily in that order. Buffalo, he was taking helicopters to watch Blue Jays from Buffalo, and, and that had worn out its welcome. And, and everyone remembers the famous photo where Dustin Bufflin's flipping him the bird outside the shower in, in Winnipeg, where he's just like, I'm sick of this guy. I think he has matured some, but you don't go from a leopard and turn into a pigeon. You, maybe you could be a, a similar cat to a leopard. He can get better, but... You're not coming full circle. It's a character issue with the kid. How many times do you got to prove it? If my track record was what his is, I would expect people to think I kind of have low character. Sorry to tell you, it just is what it is. If some guys who have played with him like him, that's great. But how many things have to get out about you just not being the best guy? Again, he can't get out of his own way. And mm -hmm. case in point this week, what are you getting out of that besides just flinging a shot selfishly at your coach to cause more drama in a franchise right now that is not in a great place? What do you get out of that besides your own satisfaction of saying, thank you, I'm not playing enough? Nothing. It just causes yeah. more shit, to my point, 
Doesn't help. It is what it is. Uh, I agree. And look, you're right. If, if this was a 5-0-1-1 start. Different. No sweat. It's not that. Yep. It is not that uh, early. Now, look, I don't think anyone's worried long-term about the Oilers, but this is not the start everyone dreamed up when there were so many prognosticating them as cup champions, label them the favorite in the Pacific. We'll learn about these Oilers with uh, McDavid gone for one to two weeks. What what has Ken Holland built around these two superstars? A lot of question marks in net. Yep. Not a lot of um, cohesiveness or chemistry on the back end with this new system yet. And Connor Brown, who has brought in the play with Connor, well, the good Connor is hurt and the other Connor has already got moved off that line. We'll see how those bets pay off. It reminds me so much. They're the Maple Leafs of the West, man. They got some talent coming out of their ears. They're picked to be phenomenal all the time. They don't really have Stanley Cup winning pedigree goaltender. At least Edmonton sure doesn't and yet to be seen in Toronto. But then their back end is always lacking and needing more. And, you know, the nurse contract handcuffs them. And it's, they're very similar. They're mirrored teams. Yeah. And considering they're both favored to be in the Stanley Cup finals by most predictions, it's quite interesting to see how that's happened. And I don't know, when you look at the Vegas Knights, who said it? Connor uh, Bedard said, look at how many dub guys are on that team. And more than ever, man, you will you look at who wins the Stanley Cup and they've got Big, rough and tumble, capable, willing guys, especially on the back end. Mm-hmm. Starts with defense. They're goaltenders. Yeah, you can score goals, but the depth that comes from from those guys. And I mean, I'm probably biased, but the dub, I didn't play in it, but the dub's the toughest league in uh, in the CHL. And those boys, uh, when they get together, they're tough to beat, especially in a playoff series. And I'm on board with, with what Connor Bedard said about those nights and the proofs in the pudding. Look at their record. Yeah, there's a big cast of Manitoba fellows there. And you're right. Like, if you want to talk about junior age, there's no league rougher than the WHL. It's been that way for a while. And that's not to suggest other leagues don't have tough players. But, yeah, it's you factor in travel, physicality, fights. That's uh, If you can get through that, you, you got some sandpaper to you, most likely. Uh, okay. We will, uh, right now, say thank you to Crown Royal, our first sponsor again here on the Department of Discipline. Some comments and thoughts from Crown Royal who present the generous guy. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. School's out for summer. Time for the Generous Guy, presented by Crown Royal. Generosity lives in the small things. Crown Royal, crown everything. There's no one way to be generous. There's endless ways and a crown for everyone. Crown Royal, crown everything. Our Generous Guy today, Jay, not going to go with Evander Kane. Not a fan, I've noticed. I don't see any Kane jerseys on your wall hanging up behind you. But what about Brendan Dillon? Such a nice guy. He even took his helmet off, so Evander Kane didn't even hurt his hands. There's a generous, he gave Evander a platform to try to swing momentum in his team's direction. What a kind gesture. Right before a bare knuckle fight, you do the man the honor of removing your protective headpiece. <laughs> so kind of him. Yes. Uh, so a salute to Brendan Dillon, who uh, actually friend of the show. Wonderful guy and uh, incredibly humble. Nice late bloomer story. Went junior B, WHL, NHL. It all happened real quick for a guy who, who just absolutely... Uh, grew like the beanstalk in Jack and the Beanstalk. Like I think it was like 16 or 17 year old season. He went from playing junior B in the lower mainland right up to the WHL. So great guy and a tip of our cap, a cheers, our generous guy for crown Royal. Let's get to the highest rated fight on hockeyfights.com this week. That between Eric Goodbranson and Clem Costin. So this is Blue Jackets and Red Wings. It's a pretty good rivalry, Jay. Ohio, Michigan. This is more of the, the college football rooting interest rivalry, but it's carried over in this NHL one since the Blue Jackets have come into the league. Wings are ahead. They're going to go right here. here. Here goes Goodbranson. He saw Boston hit Zillinger, and he said, hey, hey, hey. Love this out of Goodbranson. I haven't seen a square off in a, in a while. That's right. You see Cost, and he lays a nice hit right in the neutral zone, and... Couple of heavyweights here. Costin, right hands there. Like a Branson. But Branson must have been yelling at him from the corner because he could hear him and turned around and shed his shit. They didn't even they didn't even have access to each other. And Branson's got that reach. He throws from downtown too. I always love it when a, a punch lands and pops the guy's helmet off like you know one of those Pez dispensers or something. But. <laughs> Pretty spirited fight. They're both chucking. I mean, Branson's a big boy. I don't know how big Costin is, but he looks like he's doing well. They're both hanging in there. But what's your thought, Pinder, on people, especially old people like my dad and whatnot? Old people, sorry, dad. But older generation are like, what the hell is with this? Every time a guy lays a body check, he's got a fight. And people don't like that. And... I actually do, but I wanted to know your thoughts on that. Are you for that? It's the people that like fighting that seem to be mad about it too. That That's what's kind of weird. I think what it is, is that it's, uh, you know, it's a clean hit. You shouldn't have to fight. But if you're the guy on the other team where your teammate just got run, it's like, hey, okay, that's one for you. Now I'd like to fight you. And it's like, okay, well, let's go then. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, very rarely do we see the instigator even used. I remember Jacob Truba hit last year right after the All-Star break that led to a fight, and he gets it. Like, Jacob Truba says, okay, it's clean, but yeah, I'll, I'll scrap you, but I'm for more hitting and more fighting here from an entertainment perspective, Jay. So I kind of think it's just old man waves fisted cloud. It, it's the Abe Simpson thing. <laughs> Back in my day, 
Yeah, it's uh, that's right. I, I'm with you, man. It's not uh, these guys are not saying you're not allowed to do that. That's a dirty hit. We have to fight now. Back, you know, I don't know. Go back 20, 25 years. It would only be after a dirty hit you'd go in and get a guy right. And if a guy got laid yeah. out or train tracked, well, hell, that's part of the game. And the guy's got to have the pride and jam to get up off the ground and, and keep playing. And you just looked at it as the team who got hit and said, "Oh shit, we got clipped with one there." Now it's just a different uh, perspective and a different way of thinking of, hey, you're going to take a run at our guys. That's fine if it's clean or not, but I'm going to come and I'm going to fight you. So if you're going to run one of our guys, you better be prepared to fight afterwards. That's going to turn a lot of guys off finishing their hits, finishing their checks. They got a big D-man like a Branson out there. You're going to line this guy up open ice. Yeah, you might hit the brakes instead just in case you got to turn around and scrap this guy. It's a deterrent to hitting your guys, a deterrent to running your players, clean or not, I don't care. It's another reason to make a guy who's half-hearted about it think twice and, and pull the pin on running one of your guys. And I like it. It's an accountability thing. And secondly, we get to see more fights. Yeah, and it's sticking up your teammate. Isn't that what all the old guys shaking the fist of the cloud want anyway? I like hitting. I like hitting. Open ice hits, big hits, clean hits, running guys. I always knew when I was running around, like there was no puck out there at all. I knew that there was a good chance some guy wasn't going to like it and come scrap me. And that's just the way it was. So I got no problem with it. It leads to more stuff. And like you said, clean or not. Okay, uh, final item of the week. The NHL has completely twisted itself into a pretzel, which is impressive. I mean, Cirque du Soleil should be looking at Gary for some moves here. They've never seen this one before. It was the, everyone's got uh, a pride game. Everyone's doing the jerseys. Well, now some of the players aren't wanting to. We're taking a lot of PR for it. Oh, you know what? No more pride games and no pride tape. Like complete 180 on the thing. Mm -hmm. Travis Dermott, who's on a two-way deal and a guy that certainly hasn't carved himself out as an ironclad uh, you know, I'll do what I want, legal, don't fear messing with me. He ain't that guy. Uh, he decides to play with some tape, and soon after, uh, the league has now completely removed their ban on the tape, which felt like an overreaction. And I, I'm not here to say that someone's tape is going to change the world, but to start denying players the right to do what they'd like on the color of their tape, that seems pretty soft. I, I know it's a response to something that they didn't like PR-wise. Whether that's rational or not, we can debate. But to just tell people what tape they can and can't use seems ridiculous. Yeah, it's odd. You got all the pride jerseys and stuff that's causing a bit of a, a riff within the league. Some players don't want to do it. It's religious stuff. Fine. Guys then and fans of the league are usually of the type where they're tired of having, you know, that stuff shoved in your face all the time. Listen, most guys come to watch hockey. They go to their office building. They have to take an inclusivity course. They have to talk to HR about this. They get inundated on commercials and stuff with all these different things. It's a very aggressive movement, however you feel about it. It's everywhere. And whether you think that's good or bad is is indifferent. I don't really care what your opinion is, but majority of the time when people come down to sit down and watch a hockey game or a football game or something they want to get out of that world they want to relax have a beer turn on a hockey game and get away from all the politicized things that came up so the league says okay we're not going to do it anymore but instead of saying we're not going to force players to wear these jerseys and to do all this stuff they are banning them from doing it which is just like you say a full 180 like and now they're forced to revisit it again and retract their statement in the first place. Like, my God, man. They obviously had no problem with it to start because they had every night in the book for everybody, so it was fine. To go back on it, you don't have any problems anymore. They don't have to see it on the TV. They don't have to see all the warm-up jerseys and stuff like that, the people that don't like it. The people that don't want to wear it don't have to do it anymore. But if a guy wants to put some tape on his stick and say, hey, uh, still thinking about you guys or whatever the reason is he wants to do that, 
he's forbidden from doing it. Like NHL, you just can't stop shooting yourself in the foot, man. Let him do what he wants. So to recap the last six months, uh, the NHL, hooray for pride. And then uh, the next move was boo, no pride tape. And now it's, uh, we're not, we don't want to say do what you want. Uh, uh, and by the way, hockey's for everyone. So that's their marketing department, everyone. We're doing loops. We're doing loops here. How do you really feel? Because it feels like it's changed two or three times in the last six months. Well, that just goes to show you it's all bullshit for optics, right? It's just like, what do I do with yeah. not get me in trouble? And the bottom line is if you ever want to just not be in trouble with any of these movements or cancel culture or this, that, or the other thing, just let people do what they want. Stay out of it. Yeah, we ran a focus group, Jay. And mm. uh, you know what? Last week they liked it. This week we don't. We got to... It- it's dumb and let the kid put tape if he wants and don't force anyone to put anything they don't want. Pretty simple, pretty easy stuff, Gary. Not that hard. Anyway, we told you we'd, this would be a show about all the things the league does right and wrong. We're just waiting for the other side of the. Just waiting to get it. How long has it been since we did best on best, by the way? When, when was that? Was I in high elementary school? How is it so hard? I don't know. We've never had Crosby and McDavid on the same team. We've never had Austin Matthews play with Joe Pavelski. What are we doing here? Mm. Talking about all-star game or what? Because that's the hockey we want to see. Like, you don't have to go to the Olympics. You can make a World Cup. Are you familiar with the World Cup? It's done for the sport of soccer or football. And what it does is it pits the nation's best players against each other. And you can grow the game by showing off your best players with people backing up their country and all their national pride coming out. It'd be really cool if you guys looked into that. Holy shit. Is that World Cup big in in football, football, soccer? Is it big? Is it a big deal? Bigger than the Olympics. I believe it's the largest sporting event on earth. It's bigger than Super Bowls. Uh, So yeah, there might be something there. It's world changing and those players live in infamy forever based on what they do. And it's a good thing, man. It's fun. I mean, you look at the passion and what brings people together and they're talking about it and they love it. And you, it's transcendent throughout different generations. And we have this beautiful game that's, you know, 150 years old. And we're at the point where we can't figure out how to get these guys together and play for their teams. No, not happening. This wasn't in insurance reasons last time. I, I understand if you don't want to go to South Korea and China and play games in the middle of the night, that's fine. Just give us something else. It's not that hard. Or is it? Oh, let me guess. You got an idea. You're going to put it in Toronto and a, a big American market. Whoa, out of the box thinking crazy. Oh, that is just awesome. How about take this thing to Prague? Put it in Stockholm. Take this thing to Germany. Let fans travel, put on their country's gear. You know, again, like the World Cup. And it doesn't happen overnight. Like if it's not the World Cup the first year, these things take time. You got to give it some history and get some rivalries going and get some background to some of these things. You got to let it happen for years on end. And after a quick decade goes by, it's turned into something, but they can't make up their mind. They're pulling guys out of the Olympics, putting them in. World Cup is this. It's a disaster. They do the the, the one the, the, during the playoffs where the best players aren't even there and the Europeans act like they won the Cup when the Stanley Cup's still being played for by half the hello Canadian players out there. It's it, it's dumb. It would be nice if they could get to a point where they are like the World Cup, where they have something prestigious. Every four years, meet somewhere, not in Toronto. Maybe they can do it once every eight, but not every time. Guys wouldn't retire because they'd want one last shot at a World Cup and uh, things like that. It, would be, it yes. would be huge. The whole hockey world could come to a standstill and watch this thing. It's unfortunate that they're not there, but... Uh, 
they got to find a way to do it, man. Insurance bullshit or not, figure it out. Go to the different yeah. uh, models that are out there with different sports and figure out how they accomplish it because it's a shame it's not happening. Yeah. So again, Connor McDavid played on a team based on his age, not his passport. That's not the tournament I want. <laughs> I want the best of every country playing together. That's right. Not the U21s against the Central European All-Stars. Fuck that. None of that shit means anything. Want to close the show with a power ranking of sort. We talked about it. The show's going to evolve. Uh, we got lots of people reaching out on Twitter. Appreciate that. People saying, hey, check this out, guys. Some funny clips that we'll sprinkle in as the show continues on a weekly basis here out of the gates. But I do want to start with, like, I don't know what you want to call it, like the man on top, you know, who's scaled Everest. Like, it always seems like in pro wrestling, there's a belt, there's a guy to beat, and to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. If we're going to talk fights every week, who's the guy right now that it's like, if you wanted to scrap that guy, A, you might be crazy, you got to be crazy tough, and if you beat him, everyone's looking at you differently. Is there one guy? Because I kind of think there is right now. A young guy who is maybe not considered a pure heavy. He plays a bunch of hockey too, but Arbor Jack eye, this kid, I watch his scraps in the queue. He was, I realize it's junior hockey, but he's killing guys with knockout power. He's strong as hell and he's not scared. And he went the guy I think you're thinking of here That's right. uh, in the last week or two and did just fine. I wish they got their bearings a little bit more. Him and Revo. That's that's divisional rivalry. We're going to see more of that. But I love that he stepped up. He didn't hesitate at all. Reeves, I don't care. That's my teammate. I, yeah, let's go. Yeah, and he, he did it the right way. I think he's a smart guy when he comes to the scrapping. I mean, Revo, I think you're going to say Revo's the king. I think you're going to say he's the top of the mountain right now. It's hard to argue that. He certainly acts like he is the most outspoken, brazen tough guy in the league right now and that's part of it right? i think you can do that because there's not that many tough guys anymore like he wasn't that way in 2011 you know but that you know mm. you got some what how many 20 more big 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 boys in the league that he's probably the number one guy right now i'm telling you i like that jack guy though and delorier i want to see him get on the board yet he's not been himself a couple of years ago, led the league in fights. I think he went from Anaheim to Minnesota and then to Philly, where it feels like he'd fit in. There's lots of tough guys in the league. We see Nick Sealer scrapping. There's a few guys with two fighting majors already. Like I think a half dozen guys have a pair already this season. There'll be lots of competition, but I just feel like I'm not saying Reeves is the best fighter, the toughest guy in the league. What I'm saying is that guy's got the belt right now. So let's see if someone could take it from him. So he's going to start uh, episode two as the belt holder. And maybe you don't have to beat Reeves, but if you want to go on a spree, just absolutely dummying guys. We'll, you'll get noticed here. We'll, we'll find it. Don't worry. It's hard to argue that he's got the belt, whether you, I mean, it's kind of self-proclaimed belt, but for good reason, man, he'll take on anybody. He's not scared of anyone. And there's, it's hard to say there's someone that's better than him at the job and is on the top of the mountain. He's the guy right now. If he decides to scrap a bunch this year, we can take a look at his record and see if that's justified or not. But he's obviously the big dog, and he's in the big market right now in Canada, Toronto Maple Leafs as well. So hard to argue with you there. We'll keep an eye on it and see if he if he keeps that all season. Yes. Uh, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Again, reach out. Uh, check out the new format, the new uh, the redesign on HockeyFights.com. They've got top 10 fights of all time in the NHL right on the main page there. And uh, the most recent five fights are right there. So if you're like, oh, geez, I haven't paid attention for a couple of days. They're there. Boom, 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 boom. Get cut up to speed. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for being with us here on the Department of Discipline. Jay, you, uh, you got to shovel your walk. Get out there. Yes, I know. I'm going to actually, I'm just going to hope it melts, man. It's too early for that shit. Sorry. <laughs> so you're not starting the FTR rink then either, are you? No. No. Too much work. See you next week, buddy. See you guys. I'm going down to the garden with a couple of my buds. I'm going to sit up in the cheap seats. I want to see a little blood. I want to get my money's worth. 
eat some dogs, drink some beers. When they yell out nine at the referee, go on, you bum, get out of here. Wanna see a hockey fight? Little Donnie Brook, little Brew, ha ha. If our team should score tonight, we all can yell hurrah, hurrah. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.